Welcome to the Undaunted Brotherhood podcast, a ministry of FPC of Paris, where we will be discussing not only what it is to be a man, but to be a godly man in this 21st century. I'm your host, Pastor Chad McQueen. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Pastor Chad McQueen. Our co-host today is Brother Travis McQueen. And today we're super excited. We have a special guest with us, uh, Evangelist Brother Philip Miller of Batson, Texas. Brother Philip Miller. Yeah, welcome. We uh, hope you enjoy this. We hope you're as happy as we are that you are joining with us today. Uh, yes, so. sir. I'm glad to be here. Man. <laughs> uh, real quick before we get started, uh, I want to say thank you to all of you that are joining us. Uh, please remember to like and share this podcast. This is a men's podcast. Uh, we're doing this as a ministry of First Pentecostal Church of Paris, Texas, and we're looking forward to being a blessing to men all over the place, not just in our local assembly, but if you are a man and you are listening to this and you have man friends, please share. Uh, like our podcasts, which can be found all over. Uh, all of the uh, platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you can find it at our church website, www.fpcofparis.com. All right. So you shouldn't have no trouble finding this and uh, like and share and tell your friends about it. All right. That being said, we're ready to get started. Uh, if you could if you could see us in this little room right now, you'd see the anticipation on all of our faces. <laughs> uh, we're just dying to get started here. Uh, so, Brother Miller, uh, we're going to ask you some questions today and just have some conversation and so uh, we're looking forward to that. So I guess first and foremost, uh, you are an evangelist. You're an evangelist. Tell us about your uh, time on the road and where you've where you've started at and where you've been going and what's your what's your plan there. Uh, my wife and I we've been on the field full time for about two and a half years now. Uh, we've been in most of the southern United States: Texas, Louisiana, uh, Oklahoma, Mississippi, uh, Georgia. And we're looking forward to going a little bit further north. We've been out west, uh, New Mexico and uh, Lubbock, which is a pretty good drive from the house. I think that's about 10 hours. Uh, that's a mite piece from anywhere, I think. Yeah. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, you're just going to have church because you're not going there you're by going, accident. That's for right. Sure. You're going there with purpose. That's for sure. That's right. Uh, so. We uh, also real quick want to say that we are, uh, Brother Miller is a, licensed minister with the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, his home district is Texas District, and we are pleased to say that because we love Texas District, and we think it's the best district. Uh, so any of you that's outside of Texas and listening to this, uh, just you can just take that how you will and swallow it and just know it's right. So uh, just kidding. Uh, but we're, we're thankful for him. He is, uh, he is in our fellowship. He's someone that's uh, worked real hard while he's been in our district, and we appreciate him. He's always willing to... Uh, serve in any way he can he is uh he was a section one uh youth leader for a couple of years uh as, when i was the texas district youth president he came in clutch several times in that position uh he conquered the dorm dad life uh which i don't think he had a clue what he was getting into when he started <laughs> but he uh he learned real fast and and uh got it taken care of so i want to say thank you while we're here for all your help and in that in that way. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get started now on some more questions before I get rambling too much. Uh, the first question that I would like to ask you today, uh, who is your favorite preacher that you would listen to? I've got three guys that I really uh, glean a lot from. Brother Eli Hernandez is one of them. 
uh, Brother Billy Cole and Brother T.W. Barnes. Okay. Yeah, right. they're, to me, they're uh, very, very special men. And any message that I've ever listened to uh, that they had preached really uh, built things up in me, convicted me, uh, caused me to change things or try to attempt to change things about myself and reach for uh, deeper things in God. Amen. So I'm very, very thankful for their ministries. I won't never forget uh, when my grandpa was the pastor here, we used to, it seemed like we mowed six days a week here because we had a little bitty riding lawnmower and like we was always mowing. Like we'd start on Monday and we'd, we'd stop on Saturday before church. It just, there was seven acres here and it took us forever to mow it. Uh, but one day I was out mowing and I was out over here towards the front by these trees and I was mowing and I was, I had my headphones. I was listening to a Billy Cole message and you know, listening to him, like he builds faith. I mean, he just, I mean, it's just there. It's, it's just there. And like, he's just, he just talks in authority, speaks in authority and, you know, and, uh, man, it started raining. It started raining. I was like, Lord, I really need to get this. I need to get this done. I need to get this done. I just, I speak against that rain and bro, the rain stopped yeah. and I mowed for a little <laughs> while longer. And then the rain started. I was like, no, Lord, no, I believe you're going to let me get this done so I can have, I think I was trying to go somewhere with my friends or something that afternoon or that evening. And I was, yeah. and old Billy Cole, man, he came in clutch with the faith building in me that day. <laughs> he, uh, uh, my wife has actually just started last night reading a book about him and his wife, uh, I guess over their ministry. She, uh, we were talking last night before she go to bed and I told her, I said, well, I, I I finished a book yesterday and I had to start a new book this morning. I said, well, I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to start. And she said, well, I'm going to start the one about brother and sister Cole. And I said, I said, okay. And I, I, that thought, I didn't have no idea you was going to say Billy Cole today, but that thought reminded, I come to my mind last night when I bought that yard. Cause I thought to myself, how stupid am I out here? You know, praying that the rain will hold off. And, and, but then the rain held off. I got it mowed. So, uh, I know that's not a real deep, uh, uh, revelation of anything that i could have received from billy cole other than just have faith that when you speak things god hears you but speak to the mouth that's right speak to the mouth speak to the rain it'll dry up so anyways uh just let's go on to the next question there travin uh so uh what is your favorite scripture in the bible i would say first john uh five and four. First john five and four it says whatsoever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith so we receive victory by faith initially. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. Amen. And we maintain our victory through faith. Amen. As we go throughout life, we've got to have faith uh, that we are an overcomer. Well, that's uh, good to go with our uh, podcast here too, right? We're going to have faith and faith and be fearless and yeah, that's strength exactly. and all that yeah, stuff. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Uh, another one... Uh, what is something, uh, this is a little less less uh, uh, spiritual, but uh, again, this is just for anybody that don't know, our podcast is to uh, discuss things and to equip men to be men, but not only men, but to be godly men in the 21st century. So uh, we realize that we are men who attend church, or we hope that you'll attend church or get to a place in your life where you'll attend church, but we also understand that uh, we don't attend, attend church 24-7, so uh, we want to have uh, both sides of the coin, so to say, brought up in this podcast. And so that being said, uh, what is something, a hobby or something or interest that you do, that you enjoy doing outside of the church? I love to fish, man. I love to fish the salt water. I love to fish the fresh water. Uh, wherever I can put a line in the water is good for me. It's, a, it's really an escape. 
uh, from everything. There's a there's just a liberty that I feel uh, as I, Brother McQueen, you got me posted up right now down by the lake. Yeah. And uh, I don't like anything more than to walk out and, and see that water when I wake up. So uh, any type of fishing. I'll be honest, I was a little jealous when I come out there the other day. And I was like, yeah. man, this is nice. I could wake up here and drink a cup of coffee and yeah. just enjoy this. It was so quiet out there. and uh, It's, it's not real cool. hot. feels yeah. nice outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, it's a good spot for sure. Yeah. Very peaceful. Uh, well, uh, uh, just just to be real, the carnal side of me, when you said, I, I love to fish, I thought someone should write a country song about that. And I think someone already did. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy fishing myself. Uh, Trav's, Trav's starting to... Uh, Trying to trying to <laughs> trying to become an angler. Uh, yeah, he didn't bought a Having boat. Some boat and, issues. Yeah. To yeah. Getting it out there. That's though. what happens when you buy a boat from your brother. Yeah. That's a used car salesman. There's always issues. So you don't got God. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, we we love to fish. We don't seem to ever have enough time. But uh, I'm hoping this year. I'm hoping this year to be ready to be out when spring hits. To be out ripping lips is what my what my plan is. I love to bass <laughs> fish. And uh, Ashton, my son, and uh, Caden, my son, my two oldest boys, they love to fish. I mean, they they uh, they both really love baseball, but they both really love to fish. They love to fish. Yeah, and uh, it's a good time for for us to just to take time and uh, someone in the ministry. Uh, like our like us we're in the last several years at least we've uh we devote a lot of time to going to church conferences camp meetings and uh, revivals and you know a lot of work at the church and our our world revolves around church and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but in a in a in this world we also have to take time to uh, spend some time with our family. I think it's I think it's good to spend some time away from those things a little bit, just to have a little leisure, a little rest and relaxation. And so we found that fishing is one of the things that, at least me and my two older sons, that's something that we really enjoyed doing. And uh, a lot of mouthing on the boat and saying you can't yeah. catch this. And <laughs> right. it always turns into a competition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of snacks get eaten. Like you go out there with a cooler full of food, and thirty minutes later, there's the trash sacks full because of all the munchies and things like that, but it's just good time. It's good fellowship and it's good bonding time. And, uh, yes, sir. I, uh, I, I really like fishing. I like catching fish more than I like fishing, but I mean, I enjoy just, I just enjoy casting it out there and reeling it back in sometimes too. Yeah. I know to this day, uh, sister Miller would probably get mad at me for saying this, but my favorite, we won't tell her. I my, promise. <laughs> my favorite partner to go fishing with is my dad. Yeah. He is. We've, uh, we've always bonded that way and always had a good time and really been able to connect. So, I think a, a desire to fish comes from God. Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> well, Fishers are men. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, do, you, you don't like fishing with your dad because your wife outfishes you, though, do you? Is well, that, is that... <laughs> you might have to cut the feed yeah, right now. We hold on. We that. messed up. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like fishing uh, with my dad, too, but we seem to have... Uh... Boat troubles. Yeah. Again, so uh, yeah, we went, sink uh, them a couple times. Uh, brother Gray, dangerous when brother we go Gray and Travis, uh, I think, sunk a boat or two. Yeah. Or was it Zach or you? Or well, It may have been both of them. They, yeah. they sunk one boat two times in one day, I believe. My goodness. <laughs> it was, uh, it's time to get off the water. Yeah, uh, yeah it was yeah. time to get off the water. They were ready, I think. I so. believe the first. Uh, but we learned to get how to get them out, yeah. how to get yeah. the boats out. So yeah. we're, you, can, we're you can learn a lesson yeah. in every situation, bless <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it's all about how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know the first fishing trip me and Sister Miller went on, uh, the motor broke down two times out in the middle of the lake, and I didn't know if I was ever going to get her back in the boat. I <laughs> I launched the boat, and I had her hold the rope, and, and she didn't know to just feed the slack. The wind was blowing real bad, and 
So she would just kind of go in with the boat. So whenever I parked the trailer and I turned around to come back, she was out there in about waist deep water, <laughs> just as mad as all, <laughs> mad as she could be. You know, yeah. she had to get this other man to kind of help her out that was down there. And so we made it through that mess. We get out on the water and uh, it's getting late in the evening. We've been catching a few fish and we go to start the motor up and it won't turn over. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, here we go. I don't know what I'm going to do now, you know. So we've messed with it a little bit, and finally we got it to turn over. And we go a little bit farther across the lake, and she's sitting beside me, and she's telling me, Philip, we really need to go on in. She said, we don't need to stop and fish anymore. I said, oh, I think the motor, I think it's going to line out now, you know. So I kill it. And sure enough, we (laughs) fish for about 30 minutes. We don't catch anything. And I get to trying to turn that motor over again, brother, and it won't turn over. And she had smoke coming out of her ears by the time yeah. <laughs> by the time it was over, we had to get a guy to haul us in, bring us all the way back to the boat launch. So we went uh we went fishing. We was camping at well, just about when COVID hit, we went camping and uh we took our boat out there and we fished we fished a couple of days and then one day we decided we was gonna go out again and man, we, we put in uh at one side of the lake and we drove all the way to the other side of the lake, okay? And we fished over there for a while and the boat was running fine when I shut it off. Went to start that thing up, and it would not start. It would not start. <laughs> Thankfully, though, we had a trolling motor. And uh, so I said, boys, I said, this is what we got to do, you know. And so we put that trolling motor down in the water, and we just, we trolled all the way back almost to where we put in at the, the boat ramp. It it took us about two and a half hours to oh, troll. Man. We were that far away. And uh, so, and the way the wind was blowing at us too, you know, it wouldn't be blowing with us that day. We trolled so long that the wires on the trolling motor started melting. <laughs> they were hot. They were so hot to touch. And I'll be like, we're 50 yards from the boat ramp. And some guy was like, man, I seen y'all. He's passed us two or three times. He said, I don't know why I didn't stop. And he, he finally stopped, thank the Lord. And he pulled us in the rest of the way. Right. And I'll be, once we got that boat loaded up and I got it back over to my campsite, I hit that throttle. <laughs> boom! And fired it just off, fired huh? right up and purred like a kitten. <laughs> I was yeah. sick. I was so mad. I was about ready to be done fishing that day. But the next day, it was time to fish again. So Yeah. There's always something that can go wrong when you get out of the boat, uh, man. Our, our stepdad. Uh, Brother Harold Chrysell, he'll be listening to this, so we'll give him a shout out. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a hardworking guy. He's been a great dad to us, and uh, we love and appreciate him. But he has the worst luck when it comes to fishing boats. And uh, bless his heart, we've we've broke down in boats more times <laughs> than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's move on to another question. Um, what is one thing that you would tell a man that is just starting on his journey? Lay a foundation for sure the house that you're going to build is only as strong as the foundation that's under it Uh, jesus speaks a parable in matthew chapter 7 of a foolish man bible says he built his house upon sand says the rains descended the floods came and the winds blew and it beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it but it also speaks of a wise man who built his house upon the rock says the rains descended the floods came and the winds blew And it beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And when we look at this scripture, everything about the storm was identical. It was the same rain. It was the same flood. It was the same wind. But the man who built his house upon sand, his house was destroyed. But the rock withstood the storm. And you and I, as uh, men of God and new converts that are just coming into the church, Uh, You've got to be sure that you lay the right foundation. The Bible says in Psalm 11 and 3, 
uh, without the, if the foundation be destroyed, it said, what can the righteous do? So the oneness of God is a part of that foundation. Uh, daily repentance is a part of that foundation. Water baptism in Jesus' name is a part of the foundation. Uh, holiness inward and outward Amen. is a part of the foundation. A consistent prayer life, that's a part of the foundation. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. All of these things need to be a part of the foundation that we lay because when you begin to build upon that, Ephesians 2 and 20 says, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So we, when we build and we pull everything from the cornerstone, from Jesus Christ, there's nothing that the world or the enemy that can bring against us uh, that can knock us down Amen. because we're built upon a foundation that's uh, been placed in the Word of God since the very beginning, and it's going to withstand everything that comes against us in these last days. Amen. Say a, a building <clears throat> or a structure is obviously only as strong as its foundation in the same way as with man. If if we just if we don't take time and take time and sure up that foundation, uh storms come to life on the regular, you know. Uh they happen uh just when you think everything's going smooth sailing, you better watch out cuz something's going to something's going to come across the wave or something's going to come across the the horizon and it's going to it's going to rock your boat or rock your world and uh when you when you have some uh some good foundation under you, you're a lot you can take storms that come your way. You can they they not that they won't affect you, not that they won't sting right. or not that they won't uh, shake you up a little bit, but you can weather that storm. When that storm passes, you're still standing. You're still, you may have some scrapes and some bruises and some, uh, some cuts or whatever, a little tenderness, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you can come through, you can, you can keep on going forward. You're, you're not going to get blown away when you've got it. a good foundation underneath. All right, brother, what, uh, what are some steps that you take to maintain your daily walk with God? I, I know that, uh, just from just from prior knowledge, I know that you're a man of study, a man of prayer, a man of fasting. Uh, just kind of share with us a little bit about that. On a daily basis, uh, every morning, I put myself on the altar. Paul said, I die daily. So you and I, uh, in ourself, in our flesh, uh, we don't have the ability to live for God. And I believe when Peter told us to grow in grace, uh, in order for that to take place in our life, in order for that to become evident, we've got to have a, da- a place daily uh, where we die to ourselves and our own will. Uh, and this comes through prayer. It comes through uh, fasting, not just once a month, but I believe twice a week is a good number to have. I believe two days a week will will keep our flesh under subjection and uh, a daily prayer life. And And I know uh, that we live busy lives and we've got, we're going this way and going that way. We've got a family to take care of and a family to spend time with. But if you will allow yourself to consecrate yourself for 30 minutes a day uh, and build on that, you could say, Brother Miller, I haven't uh, never prayed for 30 minutes. Well, that's all right. You can always start somewhere and you can you can start out praying for 10 minutes and, and be quiet for 20 because it's a conversation. And I think a lot of times we become frustrated in prayer because we we think that we have to talk the whole time, but that's not necessarily true. God wants to talk to us too. So 
a daily prayer life uh, daily in the Word. I believe we should have a devotion time every day. Uh, I know I, a lot of times I preach five, six days a week, but I still take time to do devotion to search myself and to look in the mirror and to see uh, areas where I'm failing and areas that I need to do better and or that I need God to empower me to do better. Because I said at the beginning of this question, we don't have the ability on our own. So we've got to die to ourself. And that, that takes a lot of humility to, to realize that, that you can't live for God in your own strength. And I think through doing that and coming to that realization that, that things that you failed at by yourself, if you understand that God can empower you to overcome those things, I believe that you'll be very successful uh, in your walk with God. Amen. Amen. I just uh, I just finished a book yesterday. Uh, it's by Brother Josh Herring. It was called Fast Forward. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. Uh, it was, I'm not, I wish that I could say that I'm an avid reader, that I read all the time, but that's one of my, uh, I guess, goals for this year is to, I have tons of books. I've got, I mean, I got, you're in, in my office right now, and there's books all over here, and then I've got probably this many or more at my house. I buy books all the time with hopes to read them, but uh, I don't always follow through. But this year, I'm, I'm purposing to, to do better at that. And so that being said, I just finished this book, and uh, I just really enjoyed it. He was talking about fasting and what it does and how they do it, and uh, not only fasting, but how prayer has to be with fasting or your fasting, you're not going to make it fasting. Right. You know, if you, he was, he, he mentioned longer fasts, uh, 40 day fasts and things like that. And, uh, but he th- thought that he could never get to that place cause he could never get past 10 or 12 days of fasting. And then he said, he said, the Lord impressed on me. It was time to fast for 40 days. And he said, I'd never got past thir- 13 days. And he said, then, uh, he said, I made it. And he said, uh, with the help of God, you know, because I was praying, he said, I, uh, another thing, a tip that he gave in there was when you're preparing to fast, when you say, okay, I'm going to fast starting this day to this day, he said, he would, he said, I would read everything I could on fasting. He said, I would read every scripture, every book, every note that I've ever taken. He said, because I wanted that to consume my mind to know that when it came time to fast, you know, when you start fasting, uh, a bologna sandwich has never sounded better to you, That's right. you know? Uh, an onion and pickle sandwich is probably not too shabby on day three or four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, he said, but I have those in my spirit, in my mind, all that stuff that I had prepared with. And I could just remember those things and I could go over those things with that. And through prayer, uh, he talked about how fasting, uh, how fasting could, uh, it could obviously break spiritual uh, bondage. It could, it could bring deliverance. Uh, it could help when you're fasting for other people that they could need the breakthrough that they need as well as yourself. And I just, uh, I just really enjoyed that book. So, uh, again, that book was by Josh Herring. It was fast forward. If you get a chance, anybody listening, it's a great book to read. Uh, another thing I shared with you the other day, but, uh, his, his dad, uh, it spoke of, and I, and again, I, I'm probably going to misquote this, but he said his dad years ago vowed to the Lord that he would read the Bible through. It was either every two or every three months. And he had done that for years over and over and over every two or three months. He would read the Bible from beginning to end. And, uh, that takes dedication in itself. Uh, saying all that to say that, uh, that book 
has just it, it was just an encouragement to me on this topic because you're talking about dying dying out to your flesh, you know, because flesh is flesh is something if we let it go, it can get it can get pretty pretty unruly. You know, uh someone I mean someone like yourself and uh I mean you're preaching four or five nights a week, you know, if you don't have a uh something to keep your flesh in check you can swell up with pride when you see what oh, all sure, what God's man. doing, you know, yeah. and you have to keep those things in check. There's been, uh, it's sad to say, but there's been many ministers who operated in gifts and had great success in revivals and and in ministry. But if you look back on them now, they're not even in church no more because they they didn't keep that flesh under subjection, you know. And so, and and the same goes for the guy sitting on the pew, uh, not ministering, but pride of pride of how much money I've started making or pride of my new car I'm driving. Right. You know, pride slips up on you. You don't, you don't, you don't get out of bed in the morning and say, well, I'm going to start being prideful. I see. You know, it just, it creeps up on you. You think, well, look what I'm doing. Look, look, look what I got going on. And in doing so, the, you know, pride goeth before fall, you know, and that's, you know, we have to be, and I know there's much more things to uh, our flesh than pride, but just using that for an example, we have to keep our flesh in check. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I believe that's greater than any devil you would ever face is your own flesh. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says it's an enmity against God. Yep. So it don't agree with the Lord. Yeah. So for us to come into agreement with the Spirit, we've got to die to ourselves. David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. Mm-hmm. So there's a humility that comes along with you denying yourself of of food because Lord knows we love to eat. Sure. I love to eat, man. I like yeah. fast food. I like to eat more seafood, I like to fish, Mexican yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it ends in ood, I'm all about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it rhymes with it, it's all good. Yeah, huh? that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So there's there's something that comes along with that that nothing else can produce, and I believe if men will insert that into their daily walk with God, uh, they'll begin to see things. Uh, happen that otherwise they wouldn't yeah uh just this is this is nothing that we've uh talked about but just along the lines of fasting uh when you fast i mean everybody fasts different do you cold turkey everything when you fast or do you or and, and not necessarily every time but i mean what's your your normal fast you said you fast two days a week on average and i know you're supposed to keep quiet about that and we're not we're not we're not talking about this to be prideful or bragging but just trying to equip men and teach other men on how to do these things how do you how do you normally go about that yeah man most of the time of if i'm just going to do a regular fast i drink water and coffee i I don't never do away with coffee uh, well, about I, was, I was wondering about that because yeah. brother Greg, I yeah. had to question that sometimes when he mentions yeah. it too. And some <laughs> men they they just drink water, and and that's good. I'm happy God for bless them. But, huh? yeah. but the Lord hadn't took coffee away from me yet. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. Lord knows but what we need. That's he? it. He know he knows what we need to make it through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have about a year ago. I, I feel like I can share this right now. Uh, the Lord called me to to eat one meal a day, and. I stuck with that until I got a release from it. And and I know that the Lord is going to call me back to that here pretty soon. He's already spoke that to me. But uh, I would just eat around 530. Or if we was in revival, or I would eat after church. And that would be my meal for the day. Uh, but in that, 
I began to see things uh, take place in ministry uh, that I had not seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that you would call that a Jewish fast, you know, how they would uh, not eat all day mm. and then they would eat in the evening time. Mm. But uh, that is a very, it takes a lot of discipline to do that. But once you allow your body to get adjusted to that, uh, it'll bring results as much as another kind of fasting will where you just don't eat anything at all. Amen. Well, I mean, uh, there's no sacrifice that we can make towards God or for God that he doesn't bless. So, uh, I mean, and, and that's not an excuse to only fast breakfast when you don't eat breakfast every morning, but I'm saying every time we make a sacrifice, God blesses it. He, he, he sees it if we're doing it with the right spirit, right attitude. And, uh, just one more thing about that book, uh, just when you, you said the Lord impressed on you to, to go back on that. Another thing that he had said in that book was that if you give up, because people don't always survive what they're, or always make it, if they say, I'm oh, going to fast sure, 40 man. days, you know, they give up at 13 days. Right. He said, you know, don't dis- be discouraged, don't quit, go back and do it. But if you do give up before you get to that place that God releases you, you... I, the results may not be there, you know, don't, you know, you again, but that goes into keeping your flesh under subjection, you know, cause it's your mind and your body telling you, Hey, I, I, I can't do this no more. But he said, if God told you to do this, you can do it. You, can you know, it. you, yeah, you can make grace it. To yeah. Do he'll, it. He'll, he'll supply what you need to, to make it through this. So. That's right. All right. Um, moving on to the next question. Uh, Trav don't want to start fasting yet. He's like, no, 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 that's not it. No, no. Um, since, since you brought up books, uh, let's talk about, uh, the top three must reads besides the Bible and let us know why. I was, I have a T.W. Barnes book and I think it's called a man of faith. And as I was reading that book, he made mention of another book called As a Man Thinketh. It's by James Allen. And the focus of this book is the power of thought, how your thought life will always manifest in the natural realm to a certain degree. And and you and I understand that all of God's promises are yea, right? They're they're yes. If God spoke it, he's going to do it. But the thing is, is that our thoughts and our actions must come into agreement with them. We've got to We've got to say amen to the promise. Every prophetic word spoken to us, it'll always come to pass. But if we don't allow our thoughts, our desires, and our actions uh, to harmonize with the fulfillment of that word, uh, we will not see it performed in our lives. So this book, it really, and and you might not agree with everything in it, because to be honest with you, I don't. But there were some things that he spoke in this book about uh, the power of our thought and our mind frame and the seeds that we allow to go into our mind that I believe uh, will always produce and manifest in our lives. Another book uh, is called A Tale of Three Kings. It's by Gene Edwards. Uh, I got this book at a men's conference uh, that I had went to. And this writer, he really has a way of, of pulling you into this book and make you search your spirit it's all about humility uh, and how to how a man needs to rid himself of pride uh, when i believe humility is probably the greatest virtue uh, that a christian can have 
if you go to Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Which you and I have to understand, we're unrighteous to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. So there's got to be humility in that. He said, Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you, are you when you're persecuted. Blessed are you when men shall revile you. Uh, the only way that, that these things can be performed in our life is through humility. The only way that we can make peace with someone that's not peaceful, the only way that we can be meek in the world that we live in is through humility. Uh, and a third book, I guess, would be A World Beyond the Stars by Eli Hernandez. Uh, Brother Hernandez really gives incredible insight on his God-given revelation to the spiritual realm. Uh, you and I were divinely created to explore spiritual pathways. And if a man's looking to go deeper in the spirit, uh, to go into a deeper place of prayer, this is really a good book that you could learn a lot from. There's a lot of knowledge in it, and uh, I'm very grateful for it for sure. If you miss those names, that was As a Man Thinketh by James Allen um, and A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards and A World Beyond the Stars by Eli Hernandez. Uh, brother, are you, are, are you an avid reader? Do you read a lot of books or, or other than the Bible? Or I do. I read, I read pretty often. I, of course, I read the Scripture more than anything. Yeah. Uh, but there is. I like small books. I me like, too. Those I like, are my favorite. I do. I like thin books uh, that, to me, I can they keep my interest. Uh, and these three books that I just named, I read all them, and at one time I sit down and read the book, and I've read back through them, you know, and pulled from them and marked in them. But, uh, but I do. I really enjoy to read. Uh, one man said, "Readers are leaders." That's right. That's so right. the more knowledge that you have, the more information that you put into yourself, and as a minister, the more that God can bring out. Yes, right. for sure. Uh, just two more sub questions on there. Uh, are you a book person or do you like reading like off your iPad and things like that? What do you, what do you prefer in that? I like books, man. I, I do. I, yeah. I'm the same way. I, I, I've tried to read off my iPad. I mean, I, I can read things off my iPad or something like that, but there's just something about, and I'm not like you're going to say, I'm not an avid reader, but there's just something about holding the book in your hand and turning the pages. And uh, I was talking to brother Cody Mayo the other day. I said, uh, we were talking about the different ways to read. He's, you know, he said that you can read, have the audio books and different things. He said he listens to audio books while he drives and things. And I said, I just, I like to make the notes sometimes or highlight in that book, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, uh, so that, and then I guess if you are an avid reader, you know, and uh, just so everybody else knows, it's listen to this. Sometimes the readers that we read are not apostolic. Right. And, uh, my mom and I was talking the other day about this in, uh, Sometimes they write things that go against what we believe to be truth and what we believe to to be what the Word of God uh, tells us. And so you have to be careful to, uh, like the old timers used to say, separate the meat from the bones. You that's know, right. take the good out of that, but spit out the stuff that is not, you know, that's contradictory to where you're at or what you believe the Bible says. Uh, it doesn't make those books bad, but you just need to go into those knowing that not everybody that writes on paper you know, says the right thing. It's not law. It's not always truth, but there's still good things. There's nuggets that can be pulled from yeah. those books and such as that. So, okay. Uh, 
moving on to the next question. Uh, I feel like you being from Batson, Texas, I know the answer to this, but uh, are you a boot or a tennis shoe guy? Boots. Boots. Yeah. That's right. I, I always wore tennis shoes growing up, uh, but it seems like the older that I get, the more that I wear boots. I actually asked my wife, I said, am I a boots or a tennis shoe guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we, yeah. we're, we're we're glad well, she, she said that straight. So yeah. She, yeah. 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 yeah, I yeah, I try to wear tennis shoes sometimes, and sometimes they feel they feel good on your feet a little bit. But I just man, I like to pull my boots on every morning. And uh, I didn't wear boots for years. Probably didn't wear boots till I married my wife, actually. And uh, well, I wore she like put you to work, I wore huh? like I wore like <laughs> lace up boots when I worked in the jail and stuff like that. But but like there's something about sliding on a pair of cowboy boots. They just they make me feel better. Uh, I I wear my boots to work. If I ain't working, I'm wearing something comfortable. <laughs> yeah, Trav's like a flip flop and no yeah, sock I'm kind tra- of guy. No, <laughs> if I'm wearing flip flops, I probably got socks on. No, honestly, that's no. embarrassing. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally wear flip flops. So <laughs> when I'm around the house, I've got a a pair of Red Wings that I wear just about every day. Uh, but out here on the road, I I wear a lot of uh, leather shoes. You know, I don't wear too many tennis shoes anymore. I I've won't. got a pair, but they're shiny and white and they'll probably stay like that so. <laughs> i won't never forget uh and again not to be name dropping brother cody mayo but this is the second time in just a couple minutes i mentioned him but the first time he came to paris to uh, when he was evangelized the first time he came to paris uh he walked in and you know he was i think he was wearing like a pair of slacks and a button-up shirt and he was he was trying to look like he was you know like he thought he should look and course me and brother gray we've been out working doing whatever we was doing that day and we walked in and i think brother gray of course was probably an old pair of bib overalls and his cowboy hat and uh his boots and uh, i had a pair of jeans on i may have had some old rugged overalls on too and he looked at cody walked in he said man he said i wish i'd have known y'all dressed like this he said that wouldn't i'd have been the same way he said i feel a whole lot more comfortable dressing like that than i do with all this <laughs> dress clothes on and stuff like that and I feel like from that moment on, I knew Cody Mayo was going to be a good friend of mine. Yeah, uh, just uh, he's a good man. He's, for a, sure. he's a good guy. So, all right. Uh, next question: Tacos or burgers? Cheeseburgers all Cheeseburgers. day long. Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. That's awkward. We ought to go. Get one right <laughs> we ought to go get a cheeseburger. Uh, it's not right Taco now. Tuesday. Yeah. Today, so. <laughs> yeah. And I like tacos, but if I'm going to pick, man, I'm I'm going to pick hamburgers every time. Yes, sir. My uh, my oldest son Ashton is a hamburger eating machine. Like he'll come in some days and he won't like what his mama's cooked for dinner. He's like, "Mom, will you just make me a bowl of ground meat?" I mean, he just he just likes hamburger meat, just right. the meat. And uh, but uh, he likes a hamburger with bun and all that stuff too. But that that's actually uh, brother Gray. That's his favorite meal is a uh, hamburger and like home cu- homemade fries, like home cut fries. Yeah, if you want to. If you ever want to do him right on a meal, fix that up, he'll be happy. That's he'll what be it happy. is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. What are you, Trav? A taco guy? I, I like tacos. Yeah. Literally. No, there ain't uh, tacos all the time. <laughs> Any time of day. Huh? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm tacos. Any, so, sounds lots like Joanna. of different kind of tacos. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not just any. Big just, ones, yeah, little <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah. Any tacos. Yeah. Uh, Hot dog tacos. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, what is one sermon that has impacted your life the greatest? I really had to think about this. Uh, Brother Billy Cole preached a message titled Precious Pain. And he really gave some understanding on why it is that we feel uh, the way we, we feel at times. Uh, he talks about the necessity of a consistent prayer life and 
how God will cause and or allow things to come into our life uh, to push us towards him. It really just blessed me because at the time I had some things that I was feeling and I didn't quite understand why I was feeling what I was feeling. And he talks about the feelings of depression or these things that sometimes come on us, that God is actually calling us to a place of, of intercession and prayer. Uh, so to be sensitive to that and to know when it's God uh, dealing with you or it's a spirit coming against you, uh, it was it was just something that really impacted me, and I've I put that into practice and definitely have seen results from it. Amen. Is there uh, is there somewhere that people can listen to that at, or is it something you had a CD or a tape It's on of? YouTube. It's on YouTube? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Right. Well, so what was the name of that again? Precious Pain. Precious Pain by yeah. Billy Cole. All right. Well, I know what I'll be listening to, so I'm looking forward to that. So, All right. Let's uh, move on to the next question. What is a country that you would love to visit and why? I would definitely love to go to Israel. Yeah. Yeah, I would just, I'd love to. That would be neat. Feel the spirit that I believe would be there and mm -hmm. uh, just to see the, the history of it. And, of course, that's where our faith was founded. So I just think it would be a very special place to be able to go. I got to go to Israel a few years ago. Uh, Brother Vickery and I and Brother Lang, and there were several of us guys. Uh, we went on a, Brother Lang was, he and Brother Josh Wilson were trying to get uh, a trip together they could take yearly over there, take people with them, and we were on the first one, and uh, man, it was, it was amazing, it was amazing. Uh, I was so, just me being honest right now, I was so ignorant to a lot of things, too, that I was there and seeing, and like, it was like my mind couldn't hold all of it, you know. Uh, we went and prayed at the wall, and we 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 uh, we did all kinds of stuff, and uh, uh, it was definitely a bucket list trip. I'd like to go back again. I'd like to take my wife and uh, let her experience it as well. Uh, but it was it was amazing, and if uh, if Josh Wilson ever listens to this podcast, I'm gonna call him out right now. We walked like 47 miles one day. It wasn't really 47 miles, but it was miles upon miles upon miles just so he could get falafel and if you've never had falafel i may be different i think it's horrible but all those guys on that trip were like we gotta have falafel we gotta have shawarma and it was just like ugh. and like they kept walking and walking for this one restaurant they wanted to go to we walked everywhere while we were there like we logged miles per day, and I'm 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 a big man. Me and brother, Vic and this was pre brother Vickery's weight loss too. We were big <laughs> men, and like me and brother Vickery were looking for taxis. We like it don't matter. We'll pay. We'll pay. And uh, Sister Saint Clair, she was like, "We're still walking. We're still walking." And so uh, one day while we were there, me and uh, there was we had our hotel was at the top of this big old hill. Man, we like walked miles and miles that day, and Josh kept saying one more mile, one more mile till we get there, and uh, so we we get there and eat, and then we almost back to our hotel. And man, we're looking up this big hill, and it's just like I don't want to walk up this hill. You know, I don't think I can make it. And uh, so me and Brother Vickery and Sister Saint Clair, we all get in the back of this. I think it was a little uh, little Mercedes. The taxis there were Mercedes, and Brother Vickery was as big as I am right now, or bigger. 
and then I was as big as I always was. Yeah. And we piled into the back of that back seat, and Sister St. Clair sat in the middle of us. And I was so, I was like, I'm so sorry, Sister St. Clair, because I'm, I'm leaning on her, you know. And she's like, uh, I mean, she's, she's a, you know, someone that's, uh, uh, brother and Sister St. Clair, that's a big name to me, you right. know what I'm saying? And I was, I was so like, I'm so sorry. So she's like, it's okay, baby. Let's just get to the hotel. <laughs> she was, she was tired of walking too. Yeah, so that's a, that's a memory that we'll always have uh, riding in there. And then another comical memory is when we left the morning we left, they were uh, it was right at a, I can't remember what the feast was, but it was a it was a major deal at that time, and they were shutting all the roads down, and they picked us up in these Mercedes taxis again, and like there was like four of them I think, and uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie like uh, Italian Job where they run through the cities like crazy in their little cars, but bro, it was like something out of a Hollywood movie. They were like flying through these roads, trying to get us to the airport before the roads were closed. And like they'd close one road off and they'd sling us around. You know, we'd go back another. We were like flying through the roads of of Israel in dark in the middle, of, real early in the morning. It was like something out of a movie. Like, and it was like they'd get to a road and it'd be locked up. You know, they'd start hollering and fussing, and then we'd go back. Me and brother Vickery's like kicked up in the back seat our heads are all smashed up in the in the ceiling because the cars are so small it was a, it was a trip of a lifetime man it was great aside from the spiritual <laughs> things that we've seen just the it was just it was a great trip i'm i'm so thankful for the people that helped me get there and uh made that trip available to me because it was absolutely a trip of a lifetime and if you get a chance either you get a chance to go i would go my grandmother mcqueen uh she was a uh she was a traveler after my grandpa passed away and uh she went to israel i think once or twice and she always loved it and i used to spend a lot of time with her when i was younger i'd go to her house it was just her and i'd spend the night with her and we'd play gin rummy i remember we'd play gin rummy for hours that's a old people game obviously yeah. i guess but she would talk to me about her trips to israel and stuff like that and i never thought i would get to go and then them guys called me i think brother lang still takes people over there once a year and he's got a pretty reasonable ticket oh, you know right. expense thing he's got it pretty pressed down so it keeps it cost effective so if you're interested in going you might reach out to him or contact him and he'd probably All get right, you on man. there and what's good about him going is like he's very versed and studied on the topics at hand there you know and he 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 walked around each place and he would just talk to us and tell us and it, it was he was really good he was a great tour guide so so you want to go to israel uh, yeah i mean yeah i would like to go to israel yeah Take your walking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> 47 miles. Yeah. <laughs> for some falafel. <laughs> All right, my next question for you. Uh, street smarts or book smarts? Which is best in your opinion and why? And where do you place yourself in those categories? Hold big, up. I wish, guess. I wish we, hold on. I wish we had a smart. camera right now because he is big cheesing right now. Yeah. Like he's excited <laughs> to answer this. I don't know if he's excited or nervous, but here we go. <laughs> think a little bit of both a little bit of both the best of both worlds huh i'd have to say at the end of the day man that street smarts always get you further than book smarts i agree yeah really have after your response earlier that's why i picked book smarts <laughs> yeah. yeah well i love to read man and i would say i guess i might fall somewhere in the middle i guess that's a good place to be i've often said i've often said uh i haven't been in church my whole life i've been in church the majority of my adult life but I seen and experienced a lot of things in my younger childhood. Right. And uh being around my father, my 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 real father, or my I guess my biological father would be the way uh to say that properly. Uh but uh he showed me 
lots of things. And he, he wasn't, he was never a man to go to church or anything like that. He was completely polar opposite of my grandparents and them that got me in church. But I learned lots of valuable lessons from him. And I've often said that I contribute part of my success in life and not getting into situations and knowing how to handle situations to my father because of the things that he taught me. But I'm also thankful for the, I guess, the spiritual smarts that I've received also. But the street smarts, I'm a fan of street smarts. It yeah, just man. They go a long way, how to handle people and how to how to not get hustled. And if a man's got to, he can. He knows how to hustle, too, and he can. He can he do can, what he's got to he do. Do huh? what he's got to do to take yeah. care of what's got to be taken care of. Yeah. And I, I appreciate. I have a weird, uh, not weird, but I have a unique, I guess you could say, uh, set of voices that's spoken into my life over the years, uh, whether they're good or bad, but I appreciate all of the voices that have come into my life because they've made me who I am. Yeah. This is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So I think it's kind of like you said with the books earlier that aren't necessarily written by apostolic writers. You can take out the good or take the good and throw out the bad, you know, yeah. with every voice. So for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, what was the moment or circumstance in your life when, you decided I'm going to give my all to serving or living for God. Yeah, man, I, I got to a very bad place. Uh, and I didn't have any other direction to look, to be honest with you. I knew uh, for a long time what I needed to do, uh, where I needed to be, uh, how I needed to live. Uh, but I could never seem to make a turn towards that. Uh, when I was 11, I got water baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then in my teenage years and into my 20s, uh, I had turned away from the Lord, but I always lived with a real deep conviction, man. Uh, God never let that leave me. And I had a fear and a reverence for God, I guess you could say, uh, even when I was living and doing the things that I was doing. But I, God finally just put me in the corner, man. And uh, he made me. You know, the Bible says, No man cometh unto me unless the Father who sent me draw him. So he made me come to him. And I believe in his mercy and his grace. Uh, that's how he brings every individual into his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was at the end of my rope, man. And uh, he reached out and picked me up right there where I was at. And I am very, very thankful uh, for the work that God has done in me. Amen. For sure. Amen. How, how old are you? I am 34. 34. Just a young buck. Yeah. You, <laughs> you ain't buck. that much older than I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're both yeah. young bucks. Lord, I didn't realize we were so close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing to me. You know, when I was a young man, like I say, I, I wasn't raised in church for the greater part of my youth, uh, I never dreamed that I would be where I am today. I never dreamed that I would be preaching. I never dreamed that I would go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Uh, my grandpa, I was very close to my grandpa as long as I can remember, uh, Bishop Johnny Holly. Um, was very close to him. He was like the, it was like the excitement of my life when he would come back to Michigan for vacation or to see us, you know, I that was like the highlight of my year when my grandpa would come to town and, uh, he always spoiled me and loved me. And, uh, 
took me, you know, he would let me go with him and take me to eat and just, I don't know. It was just, it was a different side of life. Yeah. It was, it was almost an escape from normal life and not that my parents loved me and I don't, I don't ever say that that wasn't the case, but there was just something different when my grandpa come to town. It right. was, it was exciting to me, but that part of was just when he would come for vacation. You know, I never thought I would be that or, or be around him, but uh, I'm thankful today because had I not, had God not made a way of escape for me that I didn't realize at the time was a way of escape. Yeah. I truly believe that I myself would be locked up or dead or, you know, much worse off than I am today had I kept going down that path because I know lots of people uh, from that area that I was in or uh, in those crowds of people that are in those situations now because they didn't have a way of escape or they didn't take that way of escape. And so all those years ago when I, my mom sent me here for a summer vacation, you know, and I, I, I got the Holy ghost. Right. I mean, I didn't come looking for the Holy ghost. I didn't, I mean, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as the Holy ghost, you know, I just, uh, you know, that I could remember, but God grabbed hold of me for that summer when I came here and uh, I'm thankful that my mom and my dad didn't make me go home. They they seen that this was a better option for me. Yeah. And uh, I know it wasn't easy for them. I know it wasn't easy for my mom, especially my mom. You know, her kid 1,200 miles away, her firstborn son, obviously her favorite child. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's debatable. <laughs> uh, but just, you know, I know it wasn't easy. It was a sacrifice for her and my father, I'm sure, uh, but I'm thankful for the sacrifice they made because it ultimately changed the course of my life to put me where I am today. And, you know, now I don't have to raise my kids in the situations or the environments that I was raised in, you know. And again, I don't I don't hate my parents at all. I appreciate everything they've ever done for me. And that part of that raising has made me who I am today. Right. You know, it's it made made. It may have made my skin tougher, you yeah. know, uh, things don't affect me like they affect other people, you know, and it may be because I've seen the other side of the coin again, not to use that analogy a second time on purpose, but you know, I've seen both sides of this thing. And, uh, so I'm, I'm thankful that God made a way of escape, uh, and, put some and, grit in you. That's That's right. Yeah, and save me. And I, I, I'm thankful for that today. I believe, uh, back to you. I mean, I don't know. It was more to the question. I didn't give you a full answer, man. I, when I started to live for God, I jumped in with both feet. That's just the, I guess, the personality that you say I could, ha I have. You know, I, I'm either going to be all in the world or I'm going to be all the way in the kingdom of God. And when you get in the kingdom of God and put your whole heart into it, uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. When you get all the way in and, and turn your back on everything that you come out of, no matter what it was, no nothing's bigger and nothing's smaller, no matter what the life you th that you was living uh, before you came to the Lord, if you'll turn your back all the way on it, I feel like I'm ministering to somebody right now. If you'll completely turn away from that old lifestyle, the future that God has in front of you, uh, is brighter and greater and more fulfilling Absolutely. than anything that you ever felt on the old path that you was walking. There's only one way to live for God, and that's all the way. Amen. The one 
they used to say that your your worst day living for God is by far greater than your best day when you weren't living for that's him. That's it, you man. Know, and that's that that's there's so true to that. But you don't realize that until you get all in. That's it. And you brother. realize how great it is. And uh it's just it's I hundred percent agree with you. That's Yep. Okay, next question. What is your response to the thought process that it's not manly to be emotional in church or in worship or prayer? You know, I'm a tough guy. I don't cry or I don't, you know. Yeah. Well, I believe anything that we're passionate about, passionate about will be evident in our lives. If we're passionate about the Lord, we'll shout, we'll run, we'll dance. Uh, we'll pray. Uh, we'll have tears that roll down our cheeks as we magnify him uh, the way that he deserves. So if we really think about it, uh, the, the undeserved mercy that we've obtained by the blood, uh, to me there's no way that it could make you emotional. Absolutely. So and a lot of times what gets in the way and we is pride. It's too pride, stinking pride again. Oh, stinking pride, man! And uh, that pride gets in the way from you get to looking around and thinking, "Well, what's this one going to say about me? Or what's this one going to think about me? Or what are they going to do if I if I do cry and I do get emotional?" Well, in reality, it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter what they think. Who cares what they think? Right. It don't matter uh, what they say because it's all to the glory of God. And I believe that he's worthy of any kind of emotion and every kind of passion that we could ever give him. Amen. I've I've said many times, uh, just being my physical size, that normally I'm the biggest man in the room. <laughs> and so if I can cry, the rest of you guys should feel okay about it because ain't none of y'all as big as me. <laughs> so it's, you know, if, that, yeah. if that eases the load a little bit, you know. Yes, sir. So, amen. Uh, are you more of a thinker or a doer? I like to put my hands on something. I do. Uh, but before I approach something, whether that be building something or uh, trying to fix something, whatever it might be, I definitely like to have it laid out in my mind and have a direction that I'm headed. So, yeah. yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. 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 So I guess you could say a little bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. We were planners uh, yesterday when we were working on that water stuff. Right. The day before when we were working on that water stuff. Yeah. It just... <laughs> The the quote kept coming to mind: the best laid plans of the best made plans of mice and men. You know, just it don't work sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes it just don't come yeah, together. Just don't come that together didn't mean you like didn't think it, about yeah. it, huh? For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, if you could sit down with anyone other than Jesus Christ from the Bible and have a cup of coffee and just talk with them, who would it be and why? Yeah, man, that's a tough question too. Uh, I would say Moses. Moses. Uh, yeah, I would. Just the miracles that God performed through him, the, the supernatural encounters that he had with God, the insight that was given to him, how he, as the Lord passed before him, and he got to see everything from the beginning, creation, and uh, the way God spoke this thing into existence. I just believe, I don't I don't know if there would be more of an interesting conversation than to ask talk him, to Moses. Ask him, hey Moses, what was it like when that... Red Sea rolled back and you walked across on dry land. That's it. I preached, yeah. a, message, I preached a message one time, and uh, when I was preaching, I, I the thought just hit me like, 
I wonder if they could like just feel the sprinkles of the water being right. rolled back. You know, if, like when they were walking across, like a mist. Could, yeah, if they could just feel the mist, you know, or right. how powerful that would be to think, my God, this he's he's rolled this back, and we're walking across on dry land. That gives me goosebumps just thinking about God's great and how powerful He is. Ask Him what it was like to just be out minding your own business and all of a sudden hear a voice and who is that? You know, and I am the I am. Be commissioned to go deliver <laughs> yeah. two million Jews. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, what is one of the greatest lessons you've learned from your pastor? How to forgive. How to forgive. Yeah. I sit under Brother Hudsbeth for about five years and the way that he would show people mercy and the way that he would give people grace that oftentimes they didn't deserve it. And then the fact was they wasn't even going to change, but, uh, through his actions and he told me through his words as well, but I would see him, uh, put that into practice. And I don't know, uh, a man that asked forgiven, and a man that shows as much mercy as Brother Talbert Hudspeth. Well, uh, living to the truest form of a Christian, being Christ-like, giving grace and mercy to even those that don't deserve it. I mean, that's That's right. I mean, that's a a great example. Yeah. Uh, This kind of goes along with a couple questions back, but uh, name one man of history between 1900 and today that you would love to or would have loved to have spoken with. Yeah. T.W. Barnes. T.W. Barnes. I would love to sit in front of T.W. Barnes. The man that had a little faith, wasn't it? He had a little bit of faith, for sure. Yeah. I, just the insight, you just know. Just a little the, mustard seed of faith. Yeah. <laughs> the wisdom that he could impart to you, you know, and the faith, I believe, just in him speaking that would be transferred into your spirit. I, that's a conversation I'd love to that's have, a, That's man. a good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah. Um, we all experience low times. First Samuel 30 and 6 states, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. When you experience a low time, name at least one song you sing or listen to or one scripture you read or recite and a previous blessing you relive, relive in your mind. When I get to a place where I don't think that it's going to work out and I don't know how God could do anything with this or... Uh, is this going to be the end of the line? <laughs> Philippians 1 and 6. It says, being confident in this very thing, uh, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If God starts something, finish he'll always it. finish it. And we just got to keep the faith. I have held on to that scripture many times. I had to preach it to myself, look myself in the mirror, and say if he started it, he's going to finish he's it. He's going to finish it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of times, many of us have uh, trouble forgiving ourselves for things that we've done in the past or did in the past that God himself has already forgiven us of. That being said, what advice would you give to someone struggling to get over a, over a past, over past things that they have said, seen, or partaken of in the past that they still struggle with themselves. Yeah. Anytime you hear uh, condemnation, anytime that you hear uh, your past being brought up to you, uh, it's the enemy. The Bible says that he's the accuser of the brethren. Amen. 
And Paul said in Romans chapter 8, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So when you're dealing with that type of uh, situation, you can speak the word to that. Because the word of God is our sword. Uh, it's quick and powerful. And when we encounter uh, those voices, we can speak that scripture that speaks contrary uh, to what the enemy could be telling us, or even our own self and our own flesh. Uh, if God chooses to forget our sin, then we should too. Amen. If God chooses to, to throw our sins away, and as far as the east is from the west, we don't have to uh, to carry them around anymore. When we went down in the water, in Jesus' name, the blood was applied to our sin, and we've been set free from that. And even as we move and we go forward in the future, uh, as we live for God, whenever uh, we fall and we make a mistake, God's mercy is greater than his judgment. And in that moment, if we'll sincerely repent of our sin, uh, the blood blots it out. And though we might be able to remember it, God chooses not to. And there's scripture for that. Hebrews 8 and 12 says, For I will be merciful to the unrighteous, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God forgets them. That's right. And we should too. I, I, I tell almost everybody before I baptize them, I say, listen, if you've repented of your sins and after you're baptized, I said, those sins are forgiven. They're forgotten about. They're thrown as far as the east is from the west. I said, now that don't mean people won't, people won't bring them up to you and say, well, you're so-and-so, you've done this, or you yourself won't bring this up and beat yourself up about it. But the one who matters the most, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He's forgot about them. He's forgive you of them. And so you've got to work on forgiving yourself of these things next. Because, again, the one that matters, the one who, who, whose forgiveness of either, the one who either forgives or doesn't forgive, Jesus Christ, he's the one that matters. Because whether we forgive ourselves or not, it doesn't have any bearing on our eternity. Jesus Christ's forgiveness is what has a bearing on our eternity. And he's forgiven you. So you got to find a way in yourself to say, hey, we're moving past this. We're taking a new step forward and going on. So, all right. Um, what is, or what's the one food that you expect to be at the marriage supper of the lamb? Any kind of seafood. Any kind of seafood. Yeah. Seafood. My man loves to fish. Yeah. Yeah. Shrimp. I was, I was thinking Oysters. fried chicken. Yeah. Travis was going to say a little bit of honey. Huh? It was yeah. some tacos. Yeah. What tacos. he was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, the last question that I had that just come to my mind, uh, music. Are you a Southern Gospel fan, or are you a fan of today's worship music and praise music? I like music with a little soul in it, man. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. Yeah, I like uh, something that'll make you shout. Like a little black gospel, I do. some I, choirs yeah, and stuff I like, like that? to listen to the brothers. Oh, sure. man, yeah. you uh, you and my wife would get along really yeah. good. She, something to make you sway a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she loves like, the, like Mississippi Mass and all those choirs from the from the days gone by. She She's a big fan. Yeah. You guys can talk about that yeah. tonight. I enjoy Internet, that type so. of music, man. Uh, I'm a Southern Gospel fan myself for all of my friends listening that hate me for that, but it's just it's what's going to be played in heaven, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Well, hey, guys, uh, thank you for joining us today. Travis, thank you for co-hosting today. Brother Philip Miller, thank you so much. Uh, I think you did an excellent job, just for the record. I think yeah. this has been great. Uh, thank you guys for all joining us today. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, we're excited that you're tuning in and listening to again. Again, remember, this podcast uh, is 
to equip men to be men, but not only men, but to be godly men in the 21st century. I mean, you can be a man and you can serve God. It's not it's not a one or the other. You can be a manly man and serve God. And we've talking to Brother Philip Miller. He is a man's man. I mean, he's a man that's not afraid to work with his hands. He's a hard worker. In fact, just the other day, I seen him pick up a boulder uh, out at his campsite, and it made my back hurt when he picked it up. And it was like he was like he's picking up a stick. He's just he's a manly man, and uh, so and he's a godly man too. And uh, he's a uh, he's a great friend of ours, and we appreciate his friendship. Appreciate him coming onto our podcast today. Uh, I know it was a little out of his comfort zone, but he has done a tremendous job. Uh, go like and share the podcast. Uh, we're on all of the different podcast sites that Travis is going to so good tell you about apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, yeah. spotify and www.fpcparis.com yes and, and facebook, facebook. Yeah. so uh, thank you for listening i hope it's been a blessing to you come back and see us next time